being an educator, I find myself frequently depressed about what seems to me to be a change in education. When I went to college, I, you know, I just went to see what college would have to offer. I would take my classes and get excited about things that I had never heard of before or thought of. And, you know, I developed a love of literature, a love of, of philosophy. There was all this fascinating stuff out there, right? And it wasn't aimed at, you know, how will this get me a job that will get me promoted, that will get me to, right? It closes off the possibility. It doesn't even suggest to people, well, find something you're passionate about and then develop that. Or it doesn't ask you to be kind of self-exploratory. You, you know, you think you know what you want and you go for it and then it's not what you want. And, and that, I think, can create a, a crisis of meaning. So what I would like is to be able to turn the public discourse around from that and, you know, kind of encourage people to step back and, and ask questions about what would make my life worth living earlier in the day and approach their opportunities in that spirit. Let's just get into it. So we're continuing the Wolf series uh, along with the class. And uh, so today we're, we're doing a... Uh, we're doing a, an episode on uh, another paper of hers uh, within uh, morality and ethics and moral philosophy, and it's called Above and Below the Line of Duty, uh, which was originally published, if my research is correct, in, in 1986. So oh, I short, know that. shortly after, um, <clears throat> shortly after uh, Moral Saints, right, was Moral Saints 82 is that yeah, what yeah, she yeah. references moral th saints in this so yes, yes. definitely yeah. after yeah that's right and i definitely once again like i'm i'm seeing so far I, I think the way that the instructors have ordered the readings has been excellent because i'm seeing threads of all the previous like um uh essays in each of the subsequent essays so far so it's like it's kind of rewarding to like catch those you know yeah, agree. totally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> I actually, because of the Steelers game, I actually don't have like. Remember, I started last episode with kind of a polished uh, summary of the of the paper. I don't have that this time, but I do have notes that I use to compose those like more polished things. So I can kind of go through that real quick, and then we can just discuss it. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So. In, in this paper, um, Wolf kind of points out that, okay, like commonly the experience of conforming to duty when we, when we do conform to what we think is required of us is that we don't want to do that thing intrinsically, but we kind of feel compelled to psychologically. So she's pointing to this like pull that duty has in some sense. Um, and when she's talking about moral duties, she is talking about a minimal standard of human decency beyond which the best of us may do willingly. So that kind of sets up this, like, I guess, metaphor or like visual aid that she uses throughout the paper. Uh, she talks about like this line of duty. Um, it's supposed to be this kind of like hard stop uh, below which you are morally forbidden from going. And as long as you meet those requirements, that's kind of what we think of as like a morally decent person. And if you go above the line of duty, that's, you know, super erogatory. You're doing things like above and beyond what is required of you. Um, and, I, and I kind of take it that like the line of duty in this case 
is sort of just a compilation of individual duties to do certain things or to not do certain things, right? That That's my understanding of it, because it seems like that was my understanding kind of broadly halfway through, which was like, okay, there's this line of duty, but then she begins to get into duties of, you know, duty to not lie or, a, you know, a yeah. duty to commit to certain obligations or something like that, right? I mean, is that is that sort of how you guys are viewing this? Yeah, she says explicitly, <clears throat> I think on page 200, that the contents of the moral theory kind of like, you know, be, being the instantiation of the duty or like what defines duty is not really what's at play here. It's like, okay, given, and that kind of mirrored the like social command theory paper. It was sort of like, okay, yeah. like give, given any moral theory you want to, like duty implies that there are like there's this line and according to the contents that will tell you what's below the line and above the line but i was reading it the same way adam in that in okay. that like yeah 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 um so <clears throat> basically like i maybe actually i'll okay do, do you do you guys this is like a question for you two, I guess. I can keep going or I can kind of leave it set up with that and then we can work through the rest. Um, or I can tell you like as quickly as I can how I was seeing the whole paper. I mean, I'm kind of down to go either way. Um, I mean, maybe maybe you go, maybe you saying the entire outline might kind of help us. <clears throat> okay, okay. Identify um, exactly which area we want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So. so, so basically, there's kind of four main sections to the paper. So here's how I'm seeing each each section. Right. So in section one, she says that duty arises because of these conjoined premises. One, we feel as though we are part of a moral world that we can shape in either a positive or a negative direction, but that we. Uh, like ourselves or our desires are not identical to the world. Okay, so this kind of like implies a question of how much we do owe to the world. So she's kind of saying like, it can't be everything or nothing intuitively. Um, and so this seems to call out for a hard line, but any hard line we draw is going to be problematic for reasons that she talks about later. So actually, yeah, let's just let's just dive into what, so what, what page... Um, Oh, and there's, okay, so so there's also, let's dive into that in a second, but there were also like a, a couple more like uh, table setting things. So, so the general layout of the paper is she kind of has like two criticisms, right? She says that she's going to criticize the idea of duty being identified with a set of rules, you know, kind of like above which you, you can go, below which you must not go, right? That's what Adam was talking about. But then she's also going to criticize duty uh, as being the minimum standard of moral decency. So she's, she's, she's like critiquing the place of morality in our lives. And that's kind of where the paper ends with more. Um, so, okay, yeah. So, okay, section one, I kind of told you how I'm seeing what she's doing there. And, and she, she says like, I don't I don't know if I know exactly why she thinks this, but she she said that like exploring why we even feel impelled to conform with the duty will be part of her reasons for critiquing it. Um, so this is on like page 201. And <clears throat> she says that. Um, 
Yeah, let me let me read this actually. Okay, so this is 201, uh, two, one sentence into the first paragraph. She says, sometimes according to this view, it will not be sufficient for moral decency that one acts in accordance with duty. And sometimes a morally decent person will violate his or her duty, even without a morally compelling reason to do so. If this is right, then it's being one's duty, even one's all things considered duty to do something does not automatically imply that all things considered, one should do it. That is, it does not automatically imply that one has decisive reason to do it. Um, so, okay, so she's kind of saying like she's decoupling the idea. Now, that's not like an argument. That's more of like a summary quote, I think. But she's kind of saying like, okay, she wants to uncouple like moral decency from always adhering to duty like she's gonna she's gonna go on in the paper to bring up like examples of when you could do the decent thing but not conform with duty right yeah yeah, yeah. and i i like the examples like she does bring up too where like if we uh, can i just jump into some of her examples uh, where i mean yes she, i mean so but, well i mean like why not choose one of her examples um just to kind of like illustrate the point she just brings up I mean, yeah. I like I liked the one where she said, like, okay, um, so you know, a philosopher, <laughs> I you like know, it, so it's like, okay, so mm -hmm. a a hero or a heroine in this case of a philosopher is like going to be in town, mm. you know, during these hours and will be delivering a lecture. But at that same time, the professor or the philosopher in this case has a commitment to their office hours. Mm. Um, and so they have a duty to commit to, you know, be with their students and because they just like have a general duty to commitment. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she also says that it would be reasonable mm -hmm. for that same philosopher to um, actually want to go like listen to that lecture mm -hmm. and maybe forego one's duty. So in this case right here, it, it's saying that, um, if we read like that one sentence again that you just read, hmm. so let's see, then it's being one's duty, even if one's all things considered duty to do something does not automatically imply that all things considered one should do it. So it's like in that case, one has like a clear duty to commit to one's kind of um, to like honor your promises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. but in this case, like there's like a reasonable gain to go into like this, you know, hero's lecture in this, in this sense. So. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, I think she would also resist the idea because I don't remember what page she talks about this, but she also talks about like, there's kind of a way you could wiggle out of this, right. Which is like something I know you and I have talked about before where it's like, well, maybe you could kind of like jigger things such that like the pleasure that you would get out of attending the conference would like outweigh the negative affect that you would induce in like the people who miss your office hours or whatever. But she's like, <clears throat> she's like, but take that aside. Cause like, because obviously sometimes that's not going to be the case. Like you don't. Sure. And like, and like you especially couldn't know that in advance. Like you don't know how many people are going to show up to your office hours or not. So yeah. So there's like, so this is a, and, and I think she brought this forth as an example where you're like, you're violating some duty, but it's kind of a trivial duty and you're doing it for like some personal reasons. And it's kind of not like a huge deal to you so the stakes are kind of low and she and she like concludes by saying that her point 
with the, that example is that even though that agent has a duty to act one way, and even though there is no conflicting duty and no great good to the world pulling that person to act another way, it is not necessarily the case that if that's a, hum a decent human being, then they will have decisive reason to do as duty commands. So, so she's like, I don't know, she's like kind of just like putting a wedge in between uh, like what duty requires you and what it's like morally decent for you to do permissibly um right i mean that that's kind of that's that's how i was tending to read it um so, because she's like okay so so um circle circling back to section one because okay you know what I, I actually okay i think it just clicked for me a little bit like why she talks about why we even have the concept of duty because she's basically trying to say like okay because because like one of her claims is to um like deflate the importance of duty uh in our lives right um maybe maybe not deflate but she's trying to be like okay it's not everything yeah. Right. And so, okay, so like part of her critique is going to be like, well, what duty gets us or, or, or something like that is going to be less, it's not going to hold up to the promise of like what duty puts itself forth as, right? So then it like, okay, she, she's trying to answer the question of like, what does duty like portend to like give us, right? Yeah. And so... I, I don't know, like this, this argument from her made a lot of sense to me, because she basically just says like, okay, and like, I, I just I buy this, like these two things seem like super reasonable to me, because she's basically saying like the idea of duty arises because, okay, so like, we're part of a moral world, right? Like in some small way, we can shape the world in either a positive or a negative direction. But at the same time, like we are not identical to the world such that our desires or like our aims in life are going to be decoupled from what's best for the world in some sense. So like that, that in like a very kind of like rudimentary way, which I liked, um, like poses the question of, of like the question of duty, essentially, like, like how much do we owe or like, what do we owe? And in like the wolf style, I mean, I, I think she's, she dismisses kind of quickly the idea that it can't be like we don't owe everything to the world, but we also don't know don't owe anything to the world. Yeah, and you also yeah. just like can't quantify exactly how much you owe to the world either. I mean, I think mm -hmm. we could almost like skip that whole section because it's yeah. just like I mean, I was like by line one. I mean, I was pretty thoroughly convinced that yeah. you know we don't you can't, you can't identify that we owe you know one tenth of our time. Yeah, it was like two yeah, days. Yeah, or we yeah. can't forego one tenth of our interests, or you know <laughs> mm -hmm. what I mean. It's yeah. just like it. None yes. of that makes any logical sense. It's like it's not really a quantifiable thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If duty is supposed to have utility, it's not going to be using some sort of impossible metric. Yeah, and like she she says that like duty kind of like calls out for a hard line definition like that that's almost like i mean it's kind of true like when you, when you ask like even like non-philosophical people like what a duty is like the idea is that it's something that's like non-negotiable right yeah. it's like it's like something that you have to do so it does imply like a hard line um but then yeah as you guys just said she like you know <laughs> like defining what the hard line would be is actually kind of difficult as soon as you begin to dig into it um Okay, so I think that, that that gets us to section two, right? Um, so the the task that she does in section two is that 
so okay so so now we're at the point where like there's a challenge and that challenge is to find a line of duty that is generally good and individually possible so she's like kind of set us up for this challenge right like okay well it seems like we want to have the concept of duty it can't be it can't be everything it can't be nothing so it's got to be like like plausible for an individual to actually conform with but then she says like you can't reasonably kind of divide your life into sections like that um so Just trying to find the sections that I thought were interesting. Yeah, because like she kind of opens like section two, almost like just addressing the absurdity of drawing a hard line. Like yeah. because yeah, because it's like okay, yeah, a duty does call out for a hard line, but like mm. how are you going to draw it? And it's like she kind of proposes different ways that people have proposed oh. drawing that hard line, and it's yeah. like I kind of agree, none of those hold up. So yeah, no, no, you're right. Section section two is a little bit of like a continuation of section one. Yeah, so yeah. like the bottom of two of five, I think introduces something um i i made a note she says i don't have a theory of duty and i was a little disappointed at that <laughs> i feel like there's always like some little thing i mean i yeah. should have known obviously because it's like yeah, a very yeah. short paper <laughs> but um i'm going for several well, two or five into two or six yeah um I wait, think wait on, on, yeah on that note though gif like i don't know i was just like i don't think i've ever read someone who and i was so curious if you like just in the history of like you know us doing the show or whatever mm -hmm. like I, have we i don't think i've really ever read like a paper that the like wolf has this like very kind of like disarming ability to be like i don't know because usually like when you hear i don't know I, like almost any philosophy paper i read it's like okay when you're like critiquing this idea it's not logically required obviously but like it is um it is like common practice to you don't have to argue for like a your solution in the paper but you usually kind of motion towards like you know this is kind of like the framework of a solution or whatever but but like wolf doesn't do that in a way that like doesn't betray my expectations somehow paradoxically like i don't know i was just curious if you guys had that experience reading this too this one in I particular i kind of want to discuss the conclusion a little bit um, yes just because yes. i you know, when reading through it, there were pieces of how she might address this, right? It's mm. not that she has like any theory of duty per se, but there are, she does hint at things, right? I yes. mean, so, yes. So it's like, I do want to kind of, kind of play with those a little bit of how yeah, she yeah. kind of attempts to address this, but. Yeah. Sorry, Giffen, what were you going to say? <clears throat> um, The bottom of 205. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um. I guess she introduces here. Sorry, but we were. Um, <laughs> you're about to like confabulate some thought that you had been like. You're like, well, I yes, of course, I've been thinking of <laughs> naturally. <laughs> no, um. So at the bottom of two of five, she kind of like, and this invokes... is a dad hawk. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she kind of invokes. I I think this is the first time she mentions it, but like common sense morality. Mm. Um, and that kind of like, at that point, I kind of made a note. I'm like. I think she's kind of like simultaneously like discussing like the concept of duty and like trying to establish like the set of desired parameters of duty. Like that's kind of like the main point of the paper. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, do, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like, I think there were a few times in the paper, either like in an example, just like there's a feeling like that it, the, her conclusion maybe was like rubbing against my intuition. So I'm just like, it made me wonder like to what extent, like her kind of like 
either implied assumptions might like not necessarily be common sense morality. Like, well, it seems I think, like, mm. well, I think with the common sense morality part right there, I think she was just like giving us an idea of like, okay, well, what is common sense morality saying? Right. Mm. Cause like she said, like this would work like pretty much with any moral framework, like the same sort of assessment of what different duties would look like. But I think she's saying like under common sense morality, duties would, you know, have us not lie, cheat or steal, you know, keep our Mm -hmm. promises, those kind of things, because it's like, there might be other duties depending on the moral framework that one adopts. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. And and I think like part of her, part of her goal here is also, she's trying to also show that like, I mean, I don't think she's ever explicit about this, but she seems to be showing that like our common sense ideas about this do conflict with each other. Like there, there is some weird way in which like they're not, they're not yeah, totally that, aligning. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And I, I don't know. I think I would have, I, I can't really imagine um, like what responses there are to this paper, but I think I would have liked it a little bit like better if like there was a little bit more discussion on like, because i don't know i just get the impression that she kind of like takes like our intuitions and are like we kind of need to like legitimize these instead of like critiquing them if that makes sense i the, the very soft um kind of gut feeling i had going through this paper i don't know if like that was just kind of on me or no it's you guys definitely kind of felt the same way no i mean like I, I think we've been seeing throughout the series that like wolf the role that intuitions play in wolf's philosophy is definitely stronger than a lot of at least like moral theory that I'm familiar with. Yeah, that's exactly right? what I would be getting yeah. at. And I don't know. I maybe it's just not my like preference. <laughs> but like I I and like I again I all of the papers I thought like were interesting and useful and like mm-hmm. they promote a conversation about these different concepts that are useful yeah. or proposes concepts. Um but I just can't like shake the little feeling I'm like I wish we could kind of discuss like some of the I guess priors or like the assumptions built in here, you know. Yeah, a little and, bit I'm, and I'm not really sure. Like, so again, I don't know Wolf's work, but I I don't think that she has like a paper called "The Role of Intuitions in My Philosophical Thinking." You know what I mean? Like, that, that would be phenomenal. That would be a really interesting paper to like yeah. dig into. Um, and I, like for all I know, maybe that does exist. I just don't think it does. You know what I yeah, mean? So, um, but it's definitely a through line we can notice. So I just yeah. wanted to point that out because like that was like at the bottom of two five was where I kind of like made that observation and thought it would be worth bringing up yeah no so okay given like what do you think about this i'm just trying to like get your idea kind of like developed a little bit more sure because i agree i think it's like a good one okay so like we we talked about this maybe it was two two episodes ago with the moral saints one but remember Mm -hmm. i told you about like peter singer's shallow pond argument right yeah um so like the like the upshot of that argument is essentially that like we're kind of monsters for like always violating this um um do do you do you need me to run through it real quick huh do you need me to run through it real quick the what like the argument from singer oh i mean sure yeah oh okay i saw this like flash of the computer screen at your glasses and i was like well i could just run through it real quick if you were looking oh. it up um no he basically he basically like remember it's the idea that like okay if you walked past like the the child drowning in the drowning shallow in the pond shallow and you didn't step in because you were like you didn't want to ruin your $500 shoes like you'd be a monster right yeah. but you have the opportunity to to save that child every day 
by just either selling your shoes or not buying new shoes and just like mm-hmm. giving the 500 to Oxfam or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like that would reasonably save a life or something. Um, yeah. Okay. So like, it, it, okay. So I think Wolf. Okay. So the idea there is that like, we have a duty on like a consequentialist basis to like give everything we possibly can. Right. And he, and like Singer uses our own intuitions to do that. I feel like from reading this paper, Wolf is going to say, Wolf is going to respond to that by saying like, it's not that the argument is wrong or flawed, but it's that like, we couldn't, it's like, she, I feel like she would say something along the lines of like, but that's too absurd a conclusion to accept. Right. And she's like, she wants to build from what I kind of like gather. She wants to build like concepts and like structures and like institutions and ways of thinking around very, very practical mm -hmm. um, kind of conceptions rather than like ideals. Um, And I think part of that, like just rubs against my previous kind of like intuition about like morality. So, I mean, I I think she addresses that previously of moral saints. Like that's kind of the whole point. She starts out with it. Right. Like, I don't want any me or any of my friends to be you know morally perfect. So mm-hmm. that's you know bold, um, but I think that just con- is con- going to continue to like kind of challenge my intuition throughout all of these. I think because like yeah, I think like honestly yeah. this one is pretty much grounded in that notion because mm-hmm. otherwise like her conception of duty doesn't make sense unless you grant like that framework. Which well you know, in- well grant what f- wait 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 I'm just just like grant what framework because yeah, she defines that, yeah but, oh sorry go ahead. She well, defines she, she defines duty like just in general as like yeah. this idea that there's like a minimum standard yeah. um below which like you, you ought not go and above which like you it's like supererogatory to go. Right. So but but like I guess I thought that that idea of duty was like kind of like accepted by everyone in the sense that like that is kind of like the common sense idea of duty, right? Yeah, I I guess like a duty but like in the context of like a moral duty Mm -hmm. it just seems to me that like i don't know i think i viewed it as like you know there is simple morality and then there's failing to achieve it so like the concept of like the duty in this case is one particularly relevant only if like you kind of have a framework where like you just perfect morality is impossible so you kind of have to like develop a system of living within that reality if that makes sense a system of living within that morality and right. also, I feel like there's like a bit of like a deconstruction of like that more simple concept of like duty in this paper mm. where, I mean, I could be wrong, but I really feel like she does state in a few areas that like the benefit to the world and like the benefits of one individual or like oneself, mm-hmm. like they're kind of on two different axes. Like they're not, yeah. they're not like, they don't, you can't really equate them directly. Right. Yes. So, so, so it's not that there isn't like a concept of individual benefit or how much individual benefit. It's not that there isn't like you can't, you, it's not that you couldn't measure like the benefit to the world. It's that mm-hmm. it's like they're not really like comparable. There's not really um, any sort of ratio one could apply. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of up in the air to say that, okay, I mean, which I think also like brings out like a lot of problems as well like yeah. it, it which you know not problems with her own construction there because i think they're that they're, they're good points on her part that they're not exactly like yeah. commensurable mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like um i don't know we'll, we'll have to get into her concept of duty but i'm, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what duty one could have to the world 
over oneself if they're not really commensurable. You can't compare yeah. benefits one to the other. And, so, and like, okay. Yeah, so she, she's, in my view at least, she seems to be saying like, you know, we don't really view it that way. And this is what I was talking about before, where it's kind mm -hmm. of like, just kind of like legitimizing our um, intuitions. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, given that we don't really like have that common sense framework currently, it's like we, you know, and develop around that. Whereas opposed to like to what might be a discussion about mm. that intuition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Wait, so okay. I'd be like, how about like that, like that 10,000 if you get back, right? Like, yeah. what, what could that 10,000 <laughs> do like abroad? Yeah, right? it could save lives. Like, like, it could save yeah, like, 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 lives. Like, yeah. like, what if we knew perfectly what it could do? Like, she even brings this up. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not really like a lack of knowledge. That's not really the point. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because you could know perfectly what it would do for the world and what it would do for yourself. Yeah. And it's like, say you find out that like saves 20 lives as opposed to, you know, provides real material comfort to yes. you, yes. security. And it's like, okay, how do you, how do you even like measure those things? You know what yeah, I mean? Like how do you compare yeah, those You're things? totally right. Cause she says like, okay, cause she says like, okay, the ant, like the, the main question here is not an epistemic one because it's yeah. like, once you find that out, you still have, like you haven't yeah. solved anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, like, you're like, you know, well, how many lives does it really save or whatever? And like, you know, and then she just says like, okay, but yeah. just like, we just know that it's going to save 19 lives. And then on the other hand, like, we know how much it's going to do for like my like financial security or whatever. It's like, yeah. we haven't answered anything at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, it, does, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't yeah. tell you one way or the other still. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Um, wait, okay. Uh, uh, this was based on something you both have said. Uh, so I, I took her in this paper to be not... <clears throat> Okay, I didn't take her in this paper to be trying to reform the concept of duty as much as I took her to be reforming, like, the, well, so, so part one, she does say that she wants to criticize the idea of duty being identified with a set of rules. So maybe that's yeah. where, right. yeah, okay, so, so maybe, so maybe that's where she's criticizing like the concept of duty. But then she also says an aim of hers is criticizing the idea that duty, um, like, like criticizing the place that duty plays in our lives or like the role it fills in our lives. But, but I take it that that's only a criticism if you have her unreformed uh, idea of duty, right? <laughs> yes, she actually specifies that, I think. Like, oh, maybe I missed After she okay. introduces the concept of like the reformed and unreformed, she subsequently will say like in her dis discussion and conclusion at the end, mm. she'll like, you know, mm. use parentheses and say like unreformed or I think that's the phrase. Mm -hmm. um, so um, she I, she <clears throat> does like at least mention that. I think Adam, you were alluding to that before, where she does kind of like propose some notion of like a a resolution. Yeah. Okay. But but, no, still but, wants to uh, discuss like the unresolved. I don't think that's like a that one. We can get into that one, but I don't mm. think that's a proposition of hers. That's like someone else has kind of made that conception of duty has like modified that conception. Are and you talking about the amended duty? Amended. Cor correct. The amended duty is that's pretty not, much like she okay. still disavows that too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. hers. Yeah. So okay. so with with that one, just like for the audience's <laughs> sake or whoever's listening. So, I have the I have the quote if you want me to. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually yeah. a great quote. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go okay. Um, okay, so she says, this is on 208, 
uh, around the top, right at the end of section three, she says, occasions may arise when it would be better for the world if a person did not do her duty, but we may avoid this paradoxical consequence by altering our definition of duty. Take the definition just given as a definition of prima facie duty. One's real duty may now be disjunctively defined, either do one's prima facie duty or do something that is even better for the world. So she's like refined this idea because like before she gave some counter examples or whatever to the idea that like, you know, you, you must always do duty, do your duty, even when violating it, even if it's a minor duty would create like better consequences. And I think those are pretty easy. Like, I don't think, I think all of us would pretty much agree on those examples, right? Like they yeah, were, they like were I, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like you think for one second, it's like, do you have like a duty to run into a burning home? Like, no, Yeah. like you don't have a duty to do that. So <laughs> You know, and she very- says, and she says, um, and she says, yeah, if you had a conflicting duty, you know, like you were going, you promised your friend you would pick them up from the airport. It would, she's like, it would be absurd to conclude that you don't run into the burning building because you're fulfilling your other duty. Right. Like, that, yeah, like no, that. I think that was a completely fair critique. Yeah. I, didn't have I a question with that. I liked that. Yeah. 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 The only thing that I will say is that like, whenever she was discussing, um, like the, the, this is related to like, I guess the rules at this point, but when she was discussing like the philosopher and like the office hours example, mm-hmm. I just thought like she was kind of using a notion of duty. That was, I think, I think was kind of like straightforward, like a ba- little basic. Like, I, I think that like, you know, cause in this case, like the, the duty was like, you know, I have obligations to, you know, keep my promise, I guess, towards like, mm-hmm. you know, I made a commitment. Um, but I just thought like, I don't know, even like my intuitions, I guess, to stay on that framework (laughs) kind of, I think are already a little bit more nuanced than that. Like, I don't think that most people would say like, you know, straightforwardly, like my duty in that sense is to, you know, do this basic thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought it was kind of a weak form of duty, which um, I guess you discussed this with like the, the reformed notion as well, but I just thought like she could have given stronger examples of like more elaborate or complex duty um, that might resolve in some of the cases that she gave. I don't know. Did you guys get that impression? Did you have like more of like a utilitarian kind of view of duty, which is just like to kind of bring them out, bring about the most good for the most people? Something or, like or the, that. Or the most yeah. happiness. As opposed to like, yeah, so this so is. How are you, you define know. good? Mm. So. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I missed your question. I'm sorry. He, he just said, however you define the good. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter what yeah. happiness or whatever. So. Yeah. No, I think that's probably fair. Um, closer to my, my intuitions. Yeah. Th- so, okay. It's like, I agree with the critique of the rules, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it, if that, like, she seems to, like, need some sort of, like, to keep the concept of duty here, there needs to be some kind of rule-ish thing, right? But it's like, I think all the critiques still stand, though, on her part, though. You know what I mean? Like, because you can have a more sophisticated, like, sense of duty where it's just like, okay, I have, you know, a duty to bring about the most good for the most people. Like, just keep mm-hmm. it real general. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, okay, well, you'll still take, like, a different, or you still did make a different decision, like, often. And it's like, okay if you flout that sense of duty, yeah. are you like morally deficient? Are you like now below that basic kind of moral line of decency? 
Like, and I, I think the, the intuitions know, yeah. right? Yeah. So, because it's a common thing we do. So, and, and like Giffen, I think you were picking up on something that I noticed too. And Wolf was like, I, I don't even think that. I'm not even sure that she would agree with maybe phrasing it like this, but it kind of seemed like what she was doing. Where like, in in the beginning of the paper, more she she almost seemed to be like kind of tackling this like amalgamation of like Kantianism and utilitarianism of some sort. And she kind of tackled it like in ways that I thought were a little bit more like defeating to someone who had like a really like Kantian notion of duty, right? Like, but, but like then, you know, like I think Adam introduced like where she's right about to get to in section four, right? Yeah. Like e even if you do have like a kind of strict, like broad consequentialist view of, of duty, um, she kind of raises this challenge for that too. Um, so I, I love, I love the way, listen, listen to this quote too. I didn't, I didn't have this highlight, but it just caught my eye. So on 208, she says, as in the previous discussion, I cannot prove my point. Absolutely. I can only present some general considerations that should make the point seem likely and try to reinforce the point with some examples. So she's like, it's kind of, it, I just, I don't know. Part of me appreciates her, like showing her cards in some sense of being like, no, this isn't like, you know, I'm not going to give you some proof. You know what I mean? Like, this is not going to be a, a proof of any sort. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't, I'm not just like bullshitting here either, which I don't know. I kind of get the idea that a lot of philosophy is more like this, but more dressed up in a lot of ways. I don't know. I, I get that. I, I have that like feeling or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and like, and just to kind of bring up what you just said real fast mm. about, uh, how she was what uh, no, what not not that specifically oh, no. but it was right before that where you brought yeah, up yeah. like how she tries to like kind of address like how you utilitarian might address some of her criticisms which mm -hmm. is that like a utilitarian might say well like okay you could flout one's duty um for individual benefits because the individual is part of the world mm. and yeah you know if like the benefit to the individual as part of the world just increases the overall happiness or however a utilitarian might define it, then that would still be like, you know, a kind of reasonable flouting of one's duty at that point. And what you wouldn't drop beneath the line mm -hmm. of moral decency, that hard line. So. And I, and I think that she would say to like, to like that potential criticism, she doesn't say this, but I think she would say like, well, but I'm going to raise some examples where like that calculus doesn't work out, but we still think it's reasonable to like, to like, you know, flout, you know, something, not because it actually does work out on that utility calculus, but just because like, this kind of goes back to her plurality of values or whatever, but just like, because yeah. it's important to you in some sense, like it's not unreasonable to do that. I think we're starting to get to the point where like I have serious questions about the paper. Okay. Nice. Because nice. Yeah. like, I, I definitely think that, so we're getting to the point where she brings up the examples you just mentioned mm -hmm. to kind of differentiate between like what's moral and what's reasonable. Yes. Um. So she does make that distinction. And I think that she does like a good job and kind of obviously like, um, differentiating those two concepts mm -hmm. but i think my problem is like let's get into the two examples she brought up because i'm not yeah. 
Can, I'm not. I'm okay. Well, yo, let's just get into this. Yeah. Can, can I? So okay, there was something that I wanted to like raise as we get into the two examples because yeah. it seems like the reason why she's bringing them up is to like prove this this point. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she says, okay. So there's this, page? Like, this. So there's a really important quote on two o nine. Yeah. This is the last like the last few sentences before the last paragraph. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So she says like. She's and I won't go through. There's like a more formalized version of this, but we don't have to go through that for the podcast. Um, she says like, okay, but if it is reasonable for a person to fail to do a required but trivial good in order to do a great but not required good for the world, okay, so that's the first kind of thing. So I I buy that, right? So I buy that there are instances in which it's reasonable for someone to fail to do something that's trivial but a duty in order to create like a great good that was not duty bound that that meshes with my intuitions right yeah okay nice okay continuing at the sentence and it is reasonable for a person to fail to do a great but not required good for the world in order to do what is of considerable importance to himself so that's the second thing that you buy and i also buy that right so failing to do something great but not required uh, in order to do what is of considerable considerable importance to yourself. That's basically what we were just talking about, like the moral saints um, episode, which I kind of buy, right? I, I would yeah. call that reasonable. Giffen? I'm, I'm soft on it, but we'll, we'll grant it for now. That's, oh, I, yeah, that's right. You're, you're soft on it because you and Adam had different responses to my driving the BMW example. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause you said you like condemned it, but very, very softly. Whereas yeah. Adam said, more exactly. of, he just found it pretty reasonable. Like he's not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so a lot is hinging on that reasonable. Like, yeah. I do find it reasonable, yeah. but like, yeah, that's know, there's right. some implications in that reasonable, right? Okay, okay. Like it um, related to the her framing of like a morally decent person, I think in this case is what reasonable mm-hmm. would be talking about. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so then she's then she concludes, how can it be unreasonable for a person to fail to do a required but trivial good in order to do what is of considerable importance to himself, which seems to follow she kind of did like a transitive you know property there so it's like yeah so um and and that like both seems to follow logically and i also i kind i don't like feel like i intuitively object to that like it's not unreasonable for a person to fail to do a required but trivial good in order to do what is of considerable importance to himself i just we do that all the time yeah like and no one blinks an eye at it yeah um so okay so okay so so there's one reply that she talks about which like the kind of like i think that this would be the response that you're most amenable to giffen which is kind of like the biting the bullet and just saying like um it like it's just logically in a position where like it's basically the next paragraph i I don't know was that like part of was that kind of the direction you went with it <clears throat> I need to reread this actually to, before I comment because <laughs> okay let me let me read it for myself yeah. too then okay so she says it's open to someone to just reply it just can and it's true it can there is nothing logically wrong with the position that is reasonable for a decent man to violate his unamended duty in order to to in order to perform a greater good for the world but that it is not unreasonable for a decent man to violate his unamended duty in order to perform a good for himself our symbolic greater than sign has not been shown 
to be a transitive relation, which is what I read it as. So she's saying that there's nothing logically wrong with that response, but she still thinks that there's something, something wrong. wrong. Yeah. And that, she, that that's why she brings up the examples. One of which Adam said, I liked, I, I actually really liked the second one too, of like the prying mother. Yes. Yeah. I, that was I, good too. I really got, so, okay. <laughs> um, basically, the example is like, imagine you've just gotten into like a huge fight with your partner, like a potentially like relationship ending one. And he's checked into a hotel for a few nights to kind of like cool off and think things over. But you were like scheduled to go over to your mother's house for dinner that night. And you just, I mean, so going to the dinner is obviously impossible. That's, that's not even an option. But mm -hmm. secondly, uh, you, you also are like not really comfortable like, sharing the details of why you can't come to the dinner with your mother tonight. So you just make up this like small lie. You're like, well, we have tickets to the opera. I forgot. I'm sorry. Like we, we won't be able to attend, mm -hmm. which is like a situation we've all been in, in like some, like some form or another. Right. Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she says that it strikes her as like totally reasonable that you would so that that's a situation in which like you violate a, a, a small a small duty namely not to lie to someone um and you you do that not necessarily because it's like consequentially a better outcome it's just one that is like for lack of a better word like it's like simpler it's it's um it's it's just more like i don't even know how to describe it i mean it's it's because like you could imagine if you were a moral saint like you could like have that conversation with your mother about like how you can't because like you got into a fight or whatever and like all this and like that could be like you know who knows like let's let's say that that's the better for whatever reason like consequentialist mm -hmm. outcome she's still saying like okay well, it's just like reasonable on some level like we just have the intuition that it's reasonable to like make a small lie Right. Yeah. And she, and she goes even further because I mean, she said, like, what if you had perfect knowledge once again of like the situation and you mm. knew that, you know, uh, say lying in that circumstance wouldn't bring about just like, a, yeah. you know, a, just a, a better general effect to the world. Yeah. And she it's says, like, still, like, you still, just don't want to yeah. have that conversation. Like, and that's yeah. fine. You just don't want to yeah. have it. Yeah. 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 No, no, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Okay, so so and then the other example was the one that you gave about office hours. So she says, okay, my point, so this is in the paragraph after the examples on 210. She says, so okay, my point is that even though these agents have a duty to act one way, and even though there is no conflicting duty and no great good to the world pulling them to act together, or I'm sorry, pulling them to act another. It is not necessarily the case that if they are decent human beings, they will have decisive reason to do as duty commands. Um, was this getting into what, what was the area that you had the biggest kind of like issues with, Adam? I guess like just kind of the concept of like reasonableness here mm -hmm. and like like what this implies here. Yeah, I mean, because it's just like I. I mean, I haven't given this enough thought, but it just seems to me whenever I read through this, I'm like, okay, well, it actually might be reasonable a lot of the time and maybe areas we'd be unhappy about to pull out one's duty to the world as a whole. And it's like, we don't know exactly where that line is, but like, I don't know. I mean, like, let me think of 
maybe like a, a trickier example. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's like, okay, what if we define like, like myself? I, I don't know. I kind of liked her taxes example, actually. Maybe mm -hmm. let's dive into that one a little bit where it's mm. like, okay, what if I... Where is that? <laughs> Do, like what if I cheat on my taxes and as a result, like I saved like thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that is like sending in my thirty thousand dollars, like to like the federal government. That is like a trivial kind of like mm -hmm. good to the world, right? But what if I intend to? I don't know. What's something reasonable I could do with the thirty thousand dollars? That that is um, that is also not obviously morally better. Right. That's your, that's what you're trying to create the example of right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you just like three person trip it, to Vegas, no, cause, that, or, cause that's or also, that, yeah. Cause that's like yeah. heinous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But like, but well, what if you some... used it to like put it to like use it for a down payment on like your daughter's house or whatever? Like, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's like, I, I am certainly helping someone a lot. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's, it's not obviously better on like a it's not it's idea. not obviously better yeah. exactly so it's like it might actually be very reasonable like depending yes, on like yeah. the circumstances of yeah. um you know perhaps like it's like their first <laughs> home like they're doing financially poorly yeah but like but this but this thirty thousand dollars like would make a serious difference in their lives i don't know I, oh, you know I, what? Oh, I, I realized. I realized there's okay. So, like, you, you guys know we we talked about this off air, but you remember that stupid like like personality test or whatever? And like, I was like chaotic neutral. Yeah, so, like <laughs> yeah, the so, align the alignment chart. Yeah, so I'm like, I feel like temperamentally, I am very amenable to this idea that Adam's floating, and like, okay, I realized I do this all the time, and I'm just thinking thinking of examples here, and I and I'm like willing to say them on air, like obviously because. I don't think they're that like I think they're reasonable to do okay so like here, here's an example like so I violated like I violate often I do this like this small moral duty so sometimes I'll see like a conference call for papers or whatever and it'll be like um you know only like this is open to graduate students but only graduate students who are in a um a PhD program I fucking send the paper anyway like yeah. right because if they're like if they accept me and then they catch like, oh shit, he's only in an MA program. Like, I'll just be like, okay, but you guys, like, you guys obviously thought the paper was like got on its merits or whatever, right? Like, I like, and that's, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's, it's like, ve it's very trivial, but it, I mean, it, duty, it's, it's, yeah. it's a little deceptive, hmm. right? Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's, you know, like the good to the conference as a whole, like if your paper gets <laughs> accepted and the good to you. Like that, the, the, actually, maybe mm. even just like well, you, you know, because you, you don't you don't really have like a duty to the conference or I have like, like a duty to like people, I guess, like not to misrepresent like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There. Okay, wait. How, how about this? Okay, does your intuition change? So okay, right now, wait. Do, so right now, do you both think that's reasonable? I know Adam, you probably do, right? Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. bother me either. Okay. Yeah. Um. What. Well, doesn't bother you so you, so you think it's reasonable right i'm just trying to think I this think through it here. I, think, I think it's reasonable yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so what if what if we stipulate that the so i get accepted um over someone else obviously but let's actually stipulate <laughs> that everything would be better off if uh 
if that person who I got accepted over actually presented for whatever reason, their presentation would have gone better at the conference. And like they needed that conference on their CV to do something more than I did on mine. Okay. Like with that, with that being stipulated, Oh God. I mean, that starts to like really like shift yeah. the balance a little so, bit, right? No, it's, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> it's I, think that just point, I think that just points yeah. to the fact that like, that. I think my conception of duty is more in line with those kind of like consequentialist, yeah. um, even yeah. in a, if given granted practical things like, you know, maybe it's not like do the best you can, or maybe it's more like do the best you can with like limited knowledge and, mm. you know, things like that. But, you know, I mean, I just don't think I was going to say the reason that I was I thought it was reasonable in like the first instance was because I just don't really see like a strong moral duty in like the, you know, yeah. they had like a, a framework they wanted to, you know, and have applicants, all... you know, conform to. It's like, okay, yeah. well, you know, worst case scenario, like they notice and kick you off or best case, you know, they don't care actually. Yeah. I don't see a strong moral duty there, you know? Hmm. So. Well, it's so, so I, I kind of do think it is like a moral duty, but it's just like a very, very light one. Like, I think, like, I okay. agree with that. I agree yeah, with like, that. what about in general, the idea that just, like, as a general rule, you shouldn't deceive people in any way, right? Like, that that seems pretty plausible from my perspective. Yeah, and, like, like and again, you just have to, like, distinct, like, distinguish here between, like, the duty to not deceive and, like, the outcomes if he does, right? Because, like, yeah. in this case, like, you're saying the outcome, if he gets yeah. accepted, is, like, there's, there's such a marginal difference between like him <laughs> yeah. applying to it and not applying to it in terms yeah. of like the general kind of goodness that he provides yeah, I mean, to the world or doesn't. So it's kind of like, this is kind of a good test case in that sense where it's like, you know, um, it, this would certainly be in that class of, you know, kind of trivial good. Yeah. So yeah. So, so Giffen, if I'm understanding like the brunt of your objection here, like, are you pointing to, I'm trying to figure out like what, cause I feel, I, I kind of feel like the force of your objections, but I'm trying to like, like precisify it. <laughs> I, I don't know how precisified I can make it, but um, there's like, I guess there's some intuitive, um, non-meshing with her conception and the relationship between like duty a morally decent person and like rules related okay. to duty okay. there's like something in like those relationships that just doesn't really map onto my intuitions yeah i think that's kind of like again that's not persistified at all but um, okay so are you are you it seems like you're kind of pushing back more against because remember she kind of had the two aims right like to to show that like yeah, she, rules is the first one correct well, it not rules makes it sound too like explicitly Kantian, but she she was oh no no you're right you're right she wants to critique the idea that duty is identified with a set of rules, and, yes, and those rules yeah. can be like grounded in like Kantian philosophy or consequentialist or like whatever right yeah and then she also had the the idea to critique that duty is a minimum standard for moral decency. So like which which one are you kind of like more against there? I honestly like it's it's unclear. Um, because to be honest, like, can I ask you guys, like, Adam, yeah. you seem to so okay. So there was like the, there's like the common sense idea of duty, which is like something that you like cannot fail to do, right? Then there was her amended sense of duty, which is saying like, don't do the things that are forbidden, um, and 
uh, or, or, or I'm sorry, that's, that's wrong. Her amended sense of duty was basically saying like, do what is required of you. Uh, unless there is some greater good that can be brought about, unless you can do something even better. Adam, you seem to be saying like she was almost putting forth like a third and her own conception of duty, but I honestly didn't see that in the text. I think we haven't gotten there quite yet, but oh, re- there, okay. yeah, like because I'm at like, almost like a conclusion. Like, what about like in the conclusion here? I, I yeah. mean, there, there, yeah, there there are a few <laughs> lines here that I, I didn't okay. like as much. Um, I have questions about the very end of it too. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I think there are some things maybe hints of once we get to them here. But maybe I was wrong. But I I guess I don't know. Do you not have like a sense that like there is some sort of like kind of minimum standard of duty here where it's like, okay, yeah. what like what about if we continue <laughs> to look at the example that we just did? But like what mm. if what if there's like a trivial good that would be accomplished by adhering to one's duty and to do otherwise is unreasonable. To do otherwise is unreasonable. So are you saying you're trying to come up with a, an example that fits that? Or yeah, are you it, trying well, to I, no? Yeah. Cause like, cause the example you just gave there about like applying to like these different conferences, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you, in a sense, flouted a duty that would have like like that would have resulted in a very very trivial amount of good to the world, right? So yeah. seems reasonable because yeah. it would have you know um, provided a lot of individual benefit, hmm. right? Yeah. But perhaps like we could imagine a scenario in which you flouted a duty that would have brought trivial good to the world, mm-hmm. but we're like. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense. Oh, so it's like so yeah, it's, it's like it's, a, it's actually, like a nihilistic flouting of duty almost. Well, it, it's yeah, it's just you know, yeah. I, I think we at least expect people not to behave that way, right? Is that not like you know, like flouting duty for flouting's sake or something like that? Yeah, yeah. almost right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, because it's like so if you so when you encounter the person who is like flouting even a trivial duty. And they are doing it like the like the the end of their like the reason why they're doing it is just like because they enjoy the flouting of it almost. No, but it, it's or or it's like um, I I don't know. I've encountered people like this before. Have you? I mean, oh, like yeah. where where, oh, yeah. where it's just like you know someone just like steps in the front of like a line like like to, to like to board the plane. And yeah. It's like it, it's yes, like okay yes, like, yes. like you know like like. Like, well, like, what, like, why'd you do this? You know what I mean? Was well, just like, yeah, I don't know, because I felt like it, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? And it's yeah. just like, it's like, is it because you wanted to get on the plane faster? It's like, no, I just didn't feel like, you know, following the rules. There are some people who just like would prefer not to adhere yeah. to a certain duty. Um, but it's, it's not in a reasonable sense that it would bring about them mm-hmm. like, like, personal benefit i think the boarding the plane option was bad but i i know what you mean i'm actually struggling to i think i miss like what this set of examples relates back to and well I, that's i was just going to comment on that giffen because okay because i was thinking like I, i'm i like the example and then i'm thinking like i'm not sure that wolf i'm not sure that wolf would be bothered by it in the sense that her aim was supposed to show that 
it's not always the case that like yeah that's exactly it. Do, do, do you know what i mean so i'm like i'm not sure that she would be bothered by this example um no but i mean like the idea that they're like we were talking about there being like a hard line right yeah yeah it's like she's saying ultimately there is no hard line it's more of a dotted line she says yes yeah yeah and i'm saying like couldn't the hard line be like you know nothing that is you know both unreasonable oh and, i see you're trying to keep the hard line but define the line, it differently yeah but define it differently exactly yeah I that I that's understand. definitely kind of what i'm inclined towards yeah I, whenever yeah, i was yeah. complaining well not critiquing let's say <laughs> earlier um her conception i was like we'll say I it was complaining <laughs> fine like i mean like what, what, like like would you expect that of either of us though like if if we like yeah, did something to yeah. kind of like flout a duty that just okay seemed, like, so trivial now, yeah, on its yeah, face yeah, but i get it but at the same time, we really couldn't provide any reason that you found reasonable. It was like, or, or, or even one that might seem reasonable to okay. us. You know so, what I mean? So, okay, can I rephrase your, so, okay, your challenge is, okay, you're saying, okay, Wolf, like, I, I grant you that, like, our current line of duty isn't, like, exactly matching, in, like, considered intuitions. So here's my new line of duty. And I'm going to yeah. say that what is, so I'm still going to endorse a hard line. And I'm going to say that what is below the line of this new duty is that something be violating a duty uh, in the sense that it's bad for the world and it's unreasonable. Yeah. And if you stipulate that, then you cannot present me with a case in which you can do something that is below that line but in some sense still be morally decent. Exactly. That's exactly okay. what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. I understand your critique now. Um, so, okay. So the challenge for you, this here's what would falsify your claim is an example of something that violates a duty and is unreasonable. I'm trying to channel like my inner wolf here. I, I almost wonder if she's going to say like, because I like the proposal. I'm just thinking about how she would come back at it. I almost wonder if she would say it's unfair to define like reasonableness into the definition, given that reasonableness itself seems to be like the root for exceptions. So you've almost like, you've almost like made it a tautology by saying mm -hmm. like, show me something that's morally reasonable that I have defined as unreasonable, right? Which like no one can do. But then I, but then I almost think Wolf's going to say like, well, haven't you just decreed then that like, you're almost saying like, what is, what is like your duty and reasonable is your reasonable duty. And she's going to be like, well, yeah, but I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking like, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of trying to think about how she might respond to that. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely kind of get that point there. But I think that just indicates that reasonable has to be a part of the equation. Yeah, for assessing these things. So it's okay. like, okay, so so one so, where, so where? like, kind of like by by what you just said right there, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. if, we're, if we're talking about reason when it comes to, you know, I guess this is like moral duties. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if someone's like acting unreasonable, then, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you're, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Giffen. I was going to say, I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure if I was following. So you basically like, 
you would draw a line where like the line is defined by reasonableness. And it's a two condition thing, right? Yeah, it is a two condition thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they would have to both flout a duty um, and not be reasonable. I'm sorry. I thought we were discussing the line of duty. This is Adam's line of duty. Yes. Like I'm, I'm saying like, she's saying there's no hard line and I'm saying like, okay, like I'm just kind of throwing this out there, but like, like it, she's incorporated like this concept of like reasonableness for why yeah. someone could flout it. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Like that, that seems to make sense where there are reasonable circumstances where one could flout one's duty. But what if one is like, has, is just unreasonable. So what Adam's what Adam's doing, or at least I take him to be doing, is like, okay, Wolf had a hard line at like a certain level. Mm-hmm. And there are some cases like kind of right below the line where it seems reasonable to do stuff that still violates duties. And Adam yeah. is saying, like, instead of perforating that line, why don't we just drop the line a little <laughs> bit to like include those yeah. things in like the permissible category? Yeah, that's what I thought was being discussed, but I think I got confused with some of the language of the conditions. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's that's kind of like, I think more in line with my intuition. Yeah. Like we, she, well, no, yeah. I'll just agree. So below that line, which you would not care. Yeah. Like I, I want to take a look at a good example for this actually, that would kind of more illustrate my point because yeah, it can't be, because it, it. it can't be, because it's gotta be like a trivial one as well. So like you're flouting yeah. like a trivial duty. Yeah. Um, but it, it ultimately doesn't, it's not a reasonable thing to do. So uh, what about this? I mean, we can, oh. uh, well, uh, what about like, um, okay, so let's stick with your airport example. I like that. So, so like, what if, what if you can, um, what if you can lie about your, like, okay, so you, you, you violate like a small duty. There's no, let's not like, let's pretend there's no like legal consequences to this or whatever, but like you just lie and say you're a veteran or something mm. like that. Like they don't check that shit. You know what I mean? Like all veterans board the plane now or whatever. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Put if on your hat actually. Yeah, exactly. Dad <laughs> dons it like a, a, you know, a camo hat and like walks on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Confederate cap. <laughs> but, but like, but it's unre- like, I, I get the intuition that that's like extremely unreasonable to do given that like, okay, you were like seated. You've now lied to be like seated, but just in like a different location. And the plane's going to take off at the same time. Like, let's pretend it was assigned seats. You know what I mean? So you're not getting like a better seat. You're not getting like a window seat. You're not getting an aisle. So there's like literally no conceivable reason to do this other than like this weird desire to like get on the plane first. Right. Yeah. So, so Adam's going to like point to this and be like, so, so Adam's basically going to point to my example and be like, I can't think of like, that's obviously morally undecent or indecent rather. Um, So like Adam's challenge then is to give an example where we get the intuition that someone could be morally decent and violate both of those categories, the unreasonableness and the violation of duty. So the flip side of like what I just said. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, I got you now. Or right. even like the office hour example, like say there wasn't some famous philosopher in town, but in mm-hmm. reality, like you just wanted to go for a bike ride. Yeah. So, you know, you just skip your, you know, you, you flout your duty to yeah. attend one's office hours, but just go for a bike ride. And it's like, you know, 
when pressed on this, you're just like, I wanted to go for a bike ride. Right. Like there, there's not, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, it's not a reasonable flouting of one's duties, you know? Yeah. I, I almost wonder if like, I don't dislike it at all, but I'm almost wondering if like all we're doing is kind of like pushing the question back a level to be like, well, is it reasonable to like want to, is it like, then the question just becomes like, is it reasonable to want to bike more than go to your office hours? You know what I mean? And like, I feel like, I feel like we're going to get a lot of cases where like, on those really borderline ones where some people like, I I don't know. It's like, I kind of have mixed intuitions about that. Like, I don't know. Like what if no one typically comes to your office hours? Like what if this is your only opportunity to bike that day or something? And the weather has been shitty and it's a really great day. Yeah. Sure. So suddenly it becomes reasonable, right? Like you're able to like suddenly, you know, provide reasons Mm -hmm. for why you did what you did. But say people do come to your office hours. Yeah. And you just went biking. Like I'm not. I'm, then like, it was I, unreasonable. Then yeah. it was unreasonable. Yeah, it's not that I disagree. It's that I'm almost like I don't know. I'd have to think about. I mean, I like the proposal. It just seems like there's. I don't know. There, so okay, I'm just trying to think this through. Right. Mm. Okay. So when we were first talking about like the common sense duty, right? Like there are these things that like morality requires of you, right? Wolf implied that like, okay, the reason why we have like, the reason why that seems intuitive is it seems like moral duties, if they're going to exist, should be like these, um, moral duties should be like these defined like lines. Like you can't cross this line, right? Like that's what they're like here for, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some, she didn't say this exactly, but it seems to me like there's some sort of like explanatory power um, going on with that, where it's like, when, when you find out that something's a duty, it's supposed to like explain why you should do it or something like that, right? And I guess I'm wondering, well... Then I, yeah, I, I, so, I kind of I read this actually from her writing a little bit where she was talking about like more or less reasonable, like, like yeah. she was like, she kind of did bring that up where she was saying yeah. like, okay, you know, there's like a famous philosopher in town, you know, someone might find that maybe a little less reasonable mm. for skipping office hours than if like she had gotten into a car accident, right? Mm where it's like, or no, or, or if, I'm sorry, not a car accident, because that's, that's not something she actively like chose. Maybe like ran into, <laughs> ran into, ran into like a burning building. Which right? is quite unreasonable if she crashes a car yeah. into a no, bus. No. Yeah, no, no, but I, but I mean like, okay, like there are different reasons mm. for flouting one's duties and some can be more reasonable than others, right? But like once we deem something like unreasonable, then I mean... I, I think I think from like any student's perspective that intended to go to that like um yeah. you know office hours would actually consider that person to be like probably like not a very moral person actually. Like say you had shown up to go to the office hours, right? Yeah. And they just weren't there. Yeah. And like, why weren't they here? You ask, like, oh, they just went biking. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, they, they went yeah. on a bike ride. 
Like that doesn't seem like a reasonable mm-hmm. like flouting of one's duty. So I and think then, that's kind of where I would draw yeah. that line. And then you're gonna so, say like, but if you rejigger the like the details of the example to be like, well, it's like their doctor said that it's very important for them to bike, and this was their only opportunity that day. Yeah, well, then yeah. then then you begin to like understand it more. Yeah, then it becomes reasonable. Okay, so uh, so I I knew that I was like recognizing what you were talking. About. You, you, so this you're reminding me of like it kind of seems like your um. It kind of seems like your remember she talks about like the golden mean. Yeah, it kind of seems like you're pointing to that idea in some sense. We're like, right. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, this. Okay, so I, I'm just trying to think of like like what she she would say to that, and I wonder if she's going to. I wonder if she's going to go back to like section two, where she talks about how like no such ranking is possible, like the incommensurability idea, because um, like, because I think when we all were thinking about that example we were like ranking the idea that you exercising for your health, like overrode um, the duty to like hold office hours. Right. So I'm just trying to think about like, I think that it's reason I I'm going to say it's, it's reasonable. Um, I think that she would probably come back at you with like something about section two, how no such ranking of those values is possible. Do you think that it, that's at least like what she would say? She she might go that route, but I just feel like that would be like a very weak response. You know what mm. I mean? Like like if you were one of those students who had kind of like made this assessment yeah. of kind of crossing a line at mm-hmm. that point, and then it's like, well, like, are you really there to decide like ultimately yeah. like how you would either value like how this would benefit her individually and how this would benefit all of you and the world at large? And it's like, well, like, I don't know. I, I, I certainly would think that, like, she has crossed, like, that line of moral duty, at yeah. the very least, at that point. Yeah. Like, from, our, from my perspective as the student, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about, like, um, I'm trying to think about, like, how this case would handle disagreement. You know what I mean? Because, like, um, she, she seemed to imply that, like, a virtue of duty, like, the hard-lined kind of duty is that like there can there can be no disagreement about it right because it's like your duty is social element right like i can judge others for failing that's what you mean yeah yeah and i'm wondering like you know i'm like wonder you know keep stick with the example like you know uh like you're just kind of watching this from a third person perspective right like you know all the details of this case so it's like the the professor thinks that what they did is reasonable and the student thinks that what they did is unreasonable. Like, I don't know that, how... that, That's what I kind of mean, though. Like, that's 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 why, like, my whole issue with, like, this reasonableness yeah. kind of, like, being inserted in the first place. Because mm. that's why I was um, trying to at least distinguish between, like, reasonable and unreasonable. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, because, like, I don't know. I mean, we, we already saw that with your kind of BMW example, the other podcast, <laughs> where it's, yeah. like... Like, I think you are flouting certain duties to the world, yeah. right, as an individual, yeah. which you and I both viewed as, like, reasonable. But mm. Giffen a little more unreasonable. Like, <laughs> yeah. Giffen was kind of like, I'm not sure how reasonable that is, actually. Mm. Like, like, you do have an effect on the world. 
like very mild um, condemnation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like I like yes, you want to drive a cool car. Yes, there is the convenience factor because that's the current car you have. Mm. You know, yes, this is the situation you're in. But at the same time, like you are flouting a duty, and I'm not sure it's reasonable. Yeah. Right. So when you and I thought it was reasonable. So I don't, that, that's why the whole reasonableness thing for me, I think mm. we shouldn't focus too much on um, whether it is reasonable or not, mm. because different people are going to make different moral judgments based on whether they find it reasonable or not. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do, do you get what I'm saying? There? I No, I do. I, I'd honestly just have to like, think about this a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm really curious what the class has to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't um, even know if it's a good thought on my part. This is just kind of what I, when I reached the end, this was kind of some of the stuff that I was thinking. Yeah. About, so. It's completely fair. If she's going to kind of like mostly discuss like intuition related things, I think it's totally appropriate for us yeah. to kind of see where they do and do not map on. Ours. I think her points are good though. I mean, she's right. Like her two examples, like, you know, flouting each duty in each example, like it's mm. reasonable, definitely yeah. reasonable. And I, totally understand the point she's making there where mm. there isn't a hard line in that sense i'm just wondering can we still preserve some hard line you, yeah yeah can we use a different almost, hard line yeah you're almost just like buying her entire argument and then just like concluding something different yeah yeah, yeah you're just I saying have... like yeah you're saying like yeah you're right so why don't we just like lower the line to include what's what's not violating a duty or what, like, yeah. what's in conformity with duty and reasonable then yeah, and it, then it, she's kind of like, I want to keep this dotted line duty currently. So that's you know why I think I, I just realized like, okay, may, maybe she does that because because she views. I don't remember where she has this remark, but remember mm -hmm. she has that remark where she says like, like there, there's some there, there's like a difference between what is reasonable and what is moral. So oh yeah yeah maybe maybe like the whole reason why she wouldn't be amenable to like Adam's suggestion is not because it's like it doesn't make sense but because like and she just doesn't get into this in this paper but like because there's some like distinct difference between what is reasonable and what is moral so therefore like Adam's violating some sort of like incommensurability issue by matching those two you, you know what I mean I'm just I'm just trying to think like that seems where yeah. she might go with it. Yeah, it, it's pretty tricky because, like, I, I definitely know what you're saying there because she does yeah. say they're kind of on two different axes. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like, this kind of all goes back to, like, what is the minimum? Like, we're, we're talking about, like, this moral kind of or this um, line of duty. It's like, okay, if it's a hard line, if you dip beneath that line, then, you know, there is, I guess, some room for someone to... Mm. Um, think you're maybe not not a moral person or at least in that instance yeah yeah so she's saying that's not always true because it can be reasonable that one flouts their duty and yeah. falls beneath that line but i feel like yeah. there is some entanglement there between reason and morality at that point yeah i totally agree i also um i suspected that giffen would be more in line with sort of like the hardliners reply in like another way which is to say and i kind of think that like this is where i would have initially started from like when reading this stuff is um like wh why not just say like well yeah like we go below the line of duty all the time and it's just like there's almost a way to like bite the bullet and just say like yeah like we we don't do that all the time but 
don't just like say that it's reasonable to do that. Why not just like accept the conclusion essentially and be like, yeah, we act immoral. I'm weak willed. Right? Yeah. yeah like, like, that. like, why not just say like, okay, yes. Like duty is, Oh, that that's actually kind of where she like, okay. So first of all, is that, am I kind of trying to channel you correctly? Giffen? like, that is something you would want to say. <laughs> that that is an appropriate channeling of giving. <laughs> I, I I remember that that's where she ends the essay with. This is like the final couple paragraphs, because um, mm-hmm. she says, uh, "For for we can, if we like, make an unconditional commitment to doing our amended or unamended duty. We can wed ourselves to duty absolutely in the sense that we can simply adopt the practice of taking quote it's one's duty to do X." to constitute a decisive reason for doing X with with no exceptions allowed. There are two things to be said in support of this practice. Uh, So the first one is that she kind of points this like slippery slope. So uh, the idea is that like, okay, if you really do think that like, we just fail our obligations all the time, uh, like why why would we stop essentially? Um, So the idea is like, well, if, if you do think that you just like violate duties all the time, and it's just not that big of a deal because like we always do it, like why not just violate one more duty then? Like as a treat, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> for violation's sake. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that I, I think like her idea of like a perforated line is supposed to be like kind of a psychologically advantageous thing in some sense. Right. Where it's like, you know, well, there are there are reasonable cases where you can go beneath that. And that's where Adam's going to say, sure, just don't do unreasonable cases of going below that line. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. Reason, like reasonable to oneself and to others to accept. I, I don't think mm. more about this, but like if I if I flouted a duty to you, yeah. you would demand an explanation, like at least like in an interpersonal sense. Right. Like yeah. it would, it would, I would have to give something reasonable. Mm. Otherwise, like I would probably be viewed as a less moral individual in your eyes in right? the sense that like once you explain this goes back to her point about like decisive moral reasons like in the sense that once you gave me the explanation i should see it as like maybe maybe not decisive but like reasons that made your reasons that made your actions sort of like understandable in some yes. sense yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. It, it's like you know yeah, you and, were supposed to hop on this call today at 630, <laughs> but like I didn't respond to anybody. And yeah. you know, like I wonder what happened to him, right? Like, yeah. did he like did he get like injured? Like, you know, was he in a car accident? Like, mm. what happened? And then it's just like honestly just felt like watching the NFL game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like without I, letting you know. <laughs> like, without, without letting anybody yeah. know. They'd be like, 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 okay, okay, reasonable be damned to him, right? Like, yeah. it might have been reasonable enough to the individual, but, like, certainly anybody who, like, viewed that situation mm. from, like, a third-person third person perspective yeah. would say, that's actually quite unreasonable. Yeah. And, like, he both flouted his duty and for something unreasonable. So This actually goes to, like, the, and, and, and in a way, so it's not it's not the concept of, like, decisive moral duty, but it's something, something close to that. Like... It's it's like gonna meet some like decisively reasonable standard, yeah, like s- yeah. something like that, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that that kind of I think that's a good place to wrap up because that also begins to talk about like um, something that I said I learned from class from last semester, but I don't know that it's particularly germane um, 
to this episode also because I might write one of my first papers on it. So mm. um, I don't know that it's wise necessarily if I don't end up writing the paper to like vomit my ill-formed ideas on air. So, Fair. so, so I, all right. Are we, yeah. You're, you're good to wrap up with this. I, yeah. I, um, I would say I'm the most ambivalent about this paper of the three we've read so far. I have so, mixed feelings too. Yeah, yeah. no, that's hundred percent fair. Yeah. I, I definitely am the most ambivalent. I'm curious to hear like, cause so far the ordering of the papers has been excellent. So now I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hu- now I'm like hungry for the next paper too, to like shed a bit more light on some of these questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I thought this definitely expanded on a lot of the ideas in moral saints where it's just like, mm. okay, yes, we're talking about often competing values mm. on different axes often yeah. incommensurable ones like yeah. you know yeah. granting like, that let's talk about duty yeah mm. duty kind of like benefit to oneself to the world how are we supposed yeah. to kind of like you know um, like assess these or compare mm. them so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Yeah, let's wrap up this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope they'll uh, continue to listen to the series um, and uh, tune in next time. If you want to um, support the show in any way, you can do so simply by sharing it. I'm hoping to get this show out to more people. And so if you want to share it on Twitter or social media, that would really help me. Uh, You can also rate it on Apple Podcasts, like this video if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or an RSS feed. Or you can connect me with recommended guests or topics to cover. Uh, You can get in contact with me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan underscore C underscore Myers. And I now have a website for my philosophy endeavors at jordanmyers.org. If you want to know a little bit more about me and my fellow co-hosts, I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, where I studied mechanical engineering and philosophy. And now that I'm back at school, I'm hoping to more closely study moral responsibility, free will, ethics, epistemology, and moral psychology. Those are topics that I was introduced to and got really interested in in my undergrad work. Adam and Giffen accompanied me on this show, and Adam is one of my oldest friends. We actually met in kindergarten, and we've been interested in philosophical topics for as long as we can remember, and in a lot of ways, it's been the basis of our friendship. Adam studied chemistry and biology at Cornell, and he's especially interested in moral responsibility as well, but also law, religion, and free will. Giffen is also one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since elementary school as well. Giffen studied biology and economics at RPI, and now he works in human health research. And he's particularly interested in exploring political philosophy. With, uh, with all of that information, again, I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you get in contact with me or, or follow my work in any way that you deem reasonable to do. So with that, thank you for listening.